This is Talk Tantra to Me, a podcast that takes a playful perspective on sacred sexuality. I'm your host, Leola. I'm a sacred intimacy mentor and muse. My intention in this podcast is to normalize bodies and the things they do, like embodying spirituality, being naked, and sexy. In modern society, we are taught that sex and spirituality do not go together, when in fact, they are integral to one another. It is my mission to empower you to reclaim your sexuality by dismantling false conditionings and fear-based belief systems. When we reclaim our bodies and our eroticism, we are able to shift our perspective of ourselves and our sexuality to a place of unconditional love and curiosity. I want to express my gratitude to you for tuning in today. I truly believe that everyone who finds these words is integral to this progressive shift in our collective consciousness. I'd also like to encourage you to listen to your own divine knowing first. What is true for me and what my guests share in this podcast will not be true for everyone. So please approach the messages you hear today with curiosity and decide for yourself what resonates with your soul experience. So without further ado, let's talk Tantra. four of Talk Tantra to Me. It is such an honor to be holding space for this divine knowledge to make its way into your ears and lifestyle. So today I welcome Jordan Flesher as the first guest on this podcast. Jordan is a Tantra and sacred sexuality teacher. I really appreciate his perspective of the psychology of sacred sexuality. He has a master's in psychology and is currently studying for his doctorate. He also has collaborated with Deepak Chopra and is an accomplished writer in the tantric space. I personally have so much gratitude for how he has brought more depth and acceptance to my own sacred sexuality practice, and I'm so excited to share his wisdom with you today. So let's tune in. Jordan, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. If you'd like to go ahead and get started by just sharing kind of your journey in the tantric space and and how you found this this path. So um, I had a major mentor who introduced me to tantra and opened the box for looking at sex as an actual path to enlightenment. And that was actually uh, Michael Jackson's mistress, who is this woman from India who was trained in Tantra and had studied all kinds of Tantric masters. And I met her on Facebook and we became very close. And she pretty much introduced me to the world of Tantra. She exposed me to Osho's work on Tantra because she sent me a gift for my birthday that she sent Michael Jackson, which was Osho's book called Sex Matters from Sex to Superconsciousness. And in that book was one of the most important things I ever read was to do with spirituality and sex is that what Osho was saying was that 
and this resonates with me. This is what I'm saying too, even though I'm saying Osho saying this. He said that behind our sexual attraction or our attraction towards sex or towards a certain individual is actually our soul's deepest drive and desire towards our own enlightenment and to merge with God and to discover our deepest um, selves through sex. Sex is about so much more than just the sexual act. It's about this deep driving desire to know ourselves actually. Mm. Yeah. That really started me. Yeah. That's really beautiful. I think almost thinking of it as like the God within you and like, that's your connection to your inner God or goddess. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So before that point, what were, what were you passionate about or what kind of track were you on and how did, how did that transition go for you? So at that time, um, I was living in Chicago and I had moved to Chicago because I just finished my bachelor, my BA bachelor of arts degree in psychology. And I had moved from Canada to the States to pursue my master's in psychology to be a psychologist and it was also interesting because at that time I connected with Deepak Chopra and ended up writing collaborating on a bunch of articles with him and um, when I was learning about Tantra I realized wow like psychologists and therapy need to bring sex back like in a revolutionary way into the healing process, not necessarily meaning having sex directly with clients, but not necessarily excluding that either. But, but what I mean is like, I realized that the usual way of doing therapy leaves out sexual energy. There's sort of a fear in psychology in regards to sex, like, and sexual energy. Uh, I felt like Tantra really added this fearlessness of there's no shame here. Like, you know, when you look at someone and you want it and you're a healer, if you're not looking at their sexual life, you're, you're not really looking at the whole picture. Like yeah. You, from where I come from, like you have to include it. It's such a big part of life and, spiritual power absolutely it's it's arguably our most powerful creative energy or energy period in our bodies and it's like this really taboo thing so how can you solve like any real problem without having this component included um it also reminds me of this book i read uh i I don't remember if it's healers on the edge or sacred arrows but it's about a woman. Well, it starts, it's a collection. Both of them are collections of stories about people um, in, in sex education, in tantric, you know, education um, and, and kind of how they found the work and um, also somatic healers. Um, and she starts it by saying that she, she was a psychologist. She moved to California to open her own practice, but she couldn't afford to do it. So she ended up doing sex work on the side to afford to start her practice. And that's when she really saw 
that, you know, all of her clients needed this psychological work and all of her, you know, all of her, her tantric clients needed this support with psychology. And then the psychology, you know, clients, her, they needed the support sexually. And that's how she really like fell into what she was doing. And, and I find it just fascinating. Yeah. And that's the thing is that um, in the Western world, if you're a healer, having any kind of a sexual exchange with a cl- like a client, so to speak, even that language is like power. Yeah, clinical. Imbalance. Yeah, but uh, in Tantra, it's in certain schools of Tantra, there's sexual ceremonies where the teacher, if like the word uh, Tantrika is for the female Tantra healers where they would initiate men into deeper stages of consciousness through through this sexual act but it's not just like a hit bang and run or hit and run there's a whole preparation for months they be aware this is the goddess this is shakti so it's interesting how like western psychology is sort of to me afraid of sex but tantra is like not afraid of sex at all it's like you have to pass through it to become truly fearless uh-huh um, so i liked your your story but i'm i'm with you i think we're both very or i know we're both like all taboos are off like this whole thing of like you can never have a sexual attraction or interaction or or use a sexual energy between a healer and a person being healed is just kind of like it's an extreme view. Uh-huh. I think there's a lot of potential when it's done in a conscious way for sexuality on various levels and spectrums and scales to be a powerful transformative um, change and alchemy. I think psychology, sex is still, sex is still taboo. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it comes from honoring it like fully as well. Like you can't just do these like, you know, like, Oh, like I'm gonna have sex with my client to do this ceremony because we're so detached that there needs to be this, you know, in my opinion and from my experience, like there needs to be so much integration work to build up to that. And a lot of internal work before you can get to a place where you can even like, you know, have sex with the tantrika in, in a way that's like fully honoring the goddess, because you have to work through all of the layers of shame and all of the um, derogatory, like, language and you know um build up around like the whore and it's like actually holy woman is the whore and and it's like how how do you get to a point where um you can educate on that and and have it not even educate but like have them feel it within themselves so that they can honor it if that makes sense yeah and what's really interesting too is um like the biggest uh, cultural narrative and story in the West is like Jesus, right? In Christianity. And that's where a lot of our sexual like blocks come from is actually our Christian upbringing. Nothing like 
there's all these sexual hangups, but Jesus and Mary Magdalene, like the, the so-called, like they had this relationship that's sort of like masked by the Bible, but I feel like it was a very tantric relationship. And there's people that feel that way too. Like there's the Mary Magdalene manuscripts and yep. like, how could it not be sexual if she was involved even in like a sexual lifestyle? Like there had to be some kind of a sexual yeah. part to all that. So I just thought that was interesting. Like, Related Absolutely. to kind of what you were saying. Yeah, that's something that I wanted. I really would like to bring Christianity and in, in the story of Mary Magdalene into this podcast in, in a full episode. But just like I I grew up Christian and I had a lot of problems with like the contradictory messages. And so I knew that I should believe in God and I knew that there was something more, but I also just couldn't quite get around the judgments and the fear and like you know, putting things in boxes and it, it just didn't resonate with this like message of like, Jesus loves everyone. Like I just couldn't quite get, you know, that. So I was really resistant to religion and it, it, it honestly, Tantra is what brought me back to religion. And I, I, I don't even necessarily like to say religion. And, and I think that it's really easy to toss religion and spirituality, these words around, but yeah, it was Mary Magdalene that got me back into it. She, you know, I had some mystical experiences with her and then, you know, the Magdalene manuscript, manuscript um, came into my life and uh, it changed everything. And that's where you really see that like every major religion has talked about some element of sacred sexuality at one point or another. It's just, um, you know, often patriarchy or some sort of force of, fear-based power control has caused it to be covered up. But I mean, Magdalene herself was like, she was a descendant of Isis of the sex magic of Isis. And so that's, you know, she, she was trained to awaken this, um, this power in, in other individuals and in, in men. And so Jesus wouldn't have been able to do the, this is the argument. And again, I don't want to say that, you know, everyone has their own truth and this is the truth that I found that resonates with me. And it's that Jesus wouldn't have been able to do what he did if it weren't for her. And if it weren't for her activating these, you know, these elements in him and their partnership. Yeah. And I think it's a good uh, date idea or Tantra couples exercise where they could do foreplay and um, do a sacred ceremony where the man is Jesus and he's the divine masculine and sort of carrying the God principle. And then the woman is the goddess Mary Magdalene. And they maybe have red wine. They do a ceremony involving wine, chocolates, and sort of totally embody those archetypes and just kind of blow through that conditioning. And like we might talk about later, using the language of God and goddess, even in the sexual play like addressing a lover as god as the goddess literally or as jesus as mary like like uh margot anand who you probably heard of or margot anand in her book the art of sexual magic she talks about the couples that she would teach like dressing up as magicians and wearing silk clothing like i feel like that could be a good role play to break through some conditioning 
like when Jesus and Mary get it on, there could be like a Bible on the table or like yeah, something. I love it. I think it sounds very sexy, but what would you say? I'm sure there's some people that are like really shocked by this or, or feel that it's blasphemous or are triggered. What would yeah. be your response to that sort of, you know, reaction? So what's good is that um, Tantra is accepting of all. So, if, so a huge part of Tantra is triggers can be used to be transformed into transmutation. So like we, we all have triggers, so to speak. And what Tantra says is that if you can become a witness to become aware of where you're triggered, that's like uh, an arrow pointing to a gold mine. Like that's a part of you that according to Tantra needs to be made love with. And if you investigate that area, like, whoa, why is that triggering? Like, it's the same thing with money. Like if somebody says, if I, let's say I'm selling a product to you right now, I was going to sell you um, a Gucci purse or something. And I said, well, yeah, I just designed this Gucci purse. It's 30,000. Someone might be like, whoa, like that is like way too much. Um, Who are you? Someone else might be like, um, you know, that's not enough for me. Like, who are you to put such a low price tag at me? Like this Gucci purse should be 50K. So this area of sexuality reveals all our triggers. That's what it's supposed to do. It's That's why it's such a healing energy because it cuts through all the bullshit and goes right to our core our core of our psychology, of our emotions, of our, of ourselves, because it's such a primal energy, sex, sexuality, that it can be a great mirror for people to find where their blocks are, where their, where the work needs to be done. And that's why it should be brought more into therapy, even as a topic or an exploration because it's so revealing that it's bound to hit the trigger spots like in everyone because it's the very energy that created us in a sense like our bodies like our parents had sex and that's how we got here and at at one level so it's like that's energy number one that's abc the very first energy that made us was sex. So if we can use it again to go to our very core, our very root, of course, we're going to find triggers. We're going to find shame. We're going to, it's our, Tantra says it's like our direct path back to our source. Um, Cause that's the energy we were created from that, that sexual energy between our parents. So um, I would say that person you triggered. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I think it's re- it was a really beautiful um, path that you just took us on, and I think that you know one of the things that really like shifted my perspective about triggers because 
before I was like, okay, so for, I think that first, when you first start getting you, before you really understand what it means to be triggered, you're triggered and then you're really upset and you're like, how dare that person trigger me and how dare they, you know, do that and it's affecting, you know, my state of mind or whatever. And then you realize like, oh, actually, this is like a part of me that needs to be healed. And there's a reason why this judgment and this reaction is coming up and let's dig a little deeper. And, and I think that then you go down a path where like every time it's triggered, it becomes this like, you know, oh, I'm doing this again. And it can kind of get a bit weighty. And then I think what really shifted my perspective was seeing a trigger as an initiation. Like this is your initiation into a deeper level of yourself and into a deeper level of, you know, your spirituality. And then it was like, this is something to celebrate. Like this is a beautiful opportunity to you know, discover something about yourself and to um, shed the layers of conditioning that you've, you've been given. And I think just like shifting that mindset is like, it's not another thing that you have to do or you have to get past. It's like, you just scored a goal. Like, let's celebrate this. So. Mm. Yeah. I like how you use the word initiation because it was was a synchronicity because right when you were talking about that, I was going to say, even though I'm using the word trigger with you, I personally don't resonate with the word. Like it's, um, and I, because I feel like, well, the word trigger is like a gun, like, Mm -hmm. and we're, we're not like robots. We're not machines. So I find sometimes when people use that word, like trigger or like, um, I got triggered. It sounds like, like, if we look at the word, it's like, does that mean I'm a gun? If I got triggered, like, what is a trigger? I when I think of the word trigger I think of a gun a gun is a trigger yeah does that mean something like shot off like so I feel like if we can reframe the wording too that helps like you said like an initiation or like somebody said this is this is an energy coming up or like in LA it's like this is coming up for me or you know like the Cali language like this is what's coming up for me right now or yeah this uh you know and so I just want to say, I like what you said there, like how you've seen it in a, because initiation is way more l- luscious than being a trigger. Like Absolutely. Because you're not a trigger, you're a, a goddess if you're being initiated. You can be, a, um, it's like infinite potential with that word initiation. Mm-hmm. It's like this is. And I'm saying this because to me, part of Tantra is using language in a conscious way. Like if, if that does come up, you might say initiation or because if we're using our language without consciousness, it's like putting a block between us and where we want to go to, because we can only become more conscious through consciousness, like through using our words like you're using them with awareness like knowing that everything serves a purpose even a quote trigger or a, like a, an energy that's coming up lovely soft spot i feel ya cool and yeah. and just jumping off that that point of language i want to touch in because you have like curated this really beautiful like space 
um, you know, on social media, on Instagram, that's really, you know, it's, it's an image based platform, but all of your images are not images, they're words. And, and, but it's a really beautiful, like curation. And, and I think that there's such a community around it as well. So I'd love for you to kind of talk about how, how you started that and, or like what, what inspires you with that? Yeah. So I think what happened is spontaneously, I found like erotic artistic images and I channeled my own writing as the caption sort of like describing what that did to me, that picture and kind of my own sexual energy. And I noticed that when I would do that, I would get like a huge response and people would really resonate with it. And now I have to be careful because I don't want, because sometimes I've shared images in the past and have gotten deleted. And this is part of, culture and our conditioning and things like Instagram will say this is too sexual like even if a picture shows like someone's butt if I I think Instagram has a rule where if it's their butt without underwear or something or it shows too much of a curve or something they're like this is this breaks our law beautiful yeah so every time I do it now is a risk because I don't, you only get so many warnings from Instagram and your account yeah. gets deleted. Yeah. I've had one deleted. Already. Very, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Interesting. But the words are working. Are you getting flags still for just having like what you're saying? I haven't in a while because I'm doing it more metic- like conscientiously, like making sure the picture is not going to get. Yeah. And I can't use the words too much. Like, cock or pussy and stuff like yeah but I can find a way to say it without getting banned being too explicit yeah I'm thinking of maybe creating a link to like my own website or something where people if they want to get more of that like x-rated stuff they have a link to my website or a blog or something yeah I know a lot of people are moving on to Twitter because of that, but I, I really think that there just needs to be a new platform because it's it's getting out of hand. And, and it's interesting because what I've noticed is there's a lot of um, girls that do like pretty erotic stuff and, it, and it's very, um, uh, what's the word? It's like for the male gaze. And it's, it's, it's um, I, I don't want to say... I really try to stay away from like objectifying, but they're doing it from their own power. So for me, it's like, great. Um, and, and that's their angle. And, you know, they don't really have any issues. Like they don't get any, they don't get taken down, but interestingly, like people like me that talk about spirituality or some of my other friends in like the nude art modeling world, or even, I don't know if you know, Rosie Rees, she has um, the Yoni pleasure palace or Lila Martin. She works in um, Tantra as well, but we get flagged like left and right. And so it's really fascinating to me that it's like, when you come from an empowering angle and talk about this sacredness, for some reason, that's what causes it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I, I obviously don't have any issues with, with, um, the more explicit content that doesn't 
that doesn't include a, a spiritual angle because that's also really fun and sexy, but it's confusing <laughs> as well. Mm. Um, but the, the only way that I've been able to find peace with it is by seeing it as look like every, every, um, you know, change maker that was challenging the current status of society and the current thought process like Jesus, like witches, you know, they were, they were persecuted in one way or another. And I, and I kind of see it like, I'm going to take this as like flattering, like I'm challenging people and, you know, I'm not being nailed to a cross or burned at a stake. So that's great. But I, I mean, there is some level of, of censorship that's occurring. And I'm just choosing to see it as like, I'm a part of this group, you know, and, and that's, is what it is. So. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, what you're saying is important. Um, I think it brings up a really important point for me and my Tantra teachings and what I find, you may have found this too, is that what told me sex was powerful and part of spirituality and awakening is that whenever I would have really good sex, immediately it would lead to some power thing appearing in my life. Like I would either a huge move would happen or some huge test would come right at or immediately after, like very shortly after, because sex is such an opening um, experience. And I feel like you, you gain power, the more sex you have, the, the more you, you experience sex and the expanded sacred state that it is, your spiritual power goes up. And as a result of that, you get attacked, so to speak, or some, some challenge or test will come because I do feel like there's a spiritual law that says when you increase your consciousness, this place where we are, it takes work to maintain these high states and nothing is free so to speak when it comes to real spiritual power and work things will come and test you and when we're playing with sexual energy we're playing with power the most powerful energy i've noticed that anytime i've had really good sex or walked out of a really good yoga class like it just leads to change like in my life like if you want to fuck shit up and get stuff moving and changing in your life have great sex or go to a good yoga class because something about it just like yeah stirs stuff up in the cosmos and it's like holy fuck like it's amazing it's wild yes. you you actually reminded me of when I was when I first moved to LA and I was like getting even deeper in into the tantric world I went to this yoga class and uh, there was like 50 people in this. It was a hot yoga class. Like everyone's really sweaty and there's so many people. So the instructors don't really like touch you because you're sweaty and there's just so many people. But this instructor, like for whatever reason, felt called to put his hand on my lower back, which is where the sacral chakra is, which for those that don't know, that's really where um, your sexuality, your, your sexual power center in your body. And so he just puts his hand on my lower back and isn't like putting any pressure, just holding it there for a second. And then he walks away and he says, okay, we're going to do um, the frog pose. This is going to open up your sacral chakra. So it was just incredible how intuitive he was. And so then I go into the pose and immediately had an orgasm, like in the class. And it was just so incredible. And I was thinking like, 
there is something going on right now. And so I walk out of the class and I saw this poster um, for a tantric like um, workshop. And, and it was held by these people called the love gurus. And it's funny because so it just going from one point to another where I'm in this yoga class, sacral chakra, have an orgasm, walk out, tantric poster. Then I go to this, this workshop. And now those are two of my best friends in the tantric space. And it's just like, this is what happens when you just lean into this energy. Mm -hmm. Things just line up. So. And I feel like that's also why tantra and yoga are like intimate lovers. Like they're super connected. And some people feel that Tantra is like a, I, def, I sometimes I'll say this to people, uh, Tantra is the sexuality of yoga. Yeah. Like, um, and I look at all sex positions as partner yoga poses, like doggy style, missionary, like that's a Christian term missionary, but um, whatever the position is, that's partner yeah. yoga. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love like having yoga before going into like any sexual situation or like I, I love to do yoga and then self-pleasure as well. I think it's just such a great way to get into your body and, you know, yes. warm up. So. Yes. Cool. And, yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'd nice. like to move more into this. So when you and I, you know, started chatting about the podcast and, and things. And, and I think you had posted something. Um, it was like a meme, um, that said like the universe is my daddy or something. And, uh, I loved it. I was just obsessed because I feel like a lot of people see me as like this really happy young woman that gets to do a lot of, a lot of really great things. And, and I feel really fortunate with that, but I think that it comes from just having a really, um, a really strong connection with the universe and and it's something that I've had to work for um and so pe but people think like oh she must have a sugar daddy or whatever and I don't um but I do if you look at it in terms of like the universe as as daddy um and so I think that that was really powerful and then I also shared with you that in my sexual journey I had a lot of um I had a lot of trauma around giving my power away to men that were quite a bit older. And, and, you know, I kind of got into a space where I was like, Oh, I can, I can rely on this person for, you know, support in one way or another. Um, and, uh, and, and we would play out a lot of the daddy daughter, like, you know, um, archetypes in, 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 you know, my sexual relationships. And this was, I'm mainly speaking about maybe like five years ago in my early twenties and it, but it just wasn't healthy because there was so much, like, I wasn't consciously approaching it, you know, like I had a lot of, um, I was doing, I was, I wasn't, I was doing it for the wrong reasons. And, it, and, and I was looking for this, this relationship to fill this hole of my own trauma instead of going and looking at that myself. And then as I started to, you know, work with Tantra more and more, and I healed all of these parts of myself, obviously it's still a journey. I've got a long way to go, but, um, <laughs> then, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't even like, I couldn't, do that archetype anymore. Like I was dating someone that was into it. And I was like, I was just crying. I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't watch the porn that I used to like to watch. 
um, just because it was so, it was such an open wound that I was working through. And so I hadn't really touched that like daddy, um, daddy, like, you know, role play since, you know, you had said that this, you know, like shared this meme. And then the next time I masturbated, I remember like I called that in and I was like literally screaming daddy. And it was like incredible. Like it was just a whole nother level. So anyways, I feel like I, I have you on here to chat and I just shared this, this, you know, long story, but I'm curious if you have any, any musings on that or, or kind of how you use that with, with your work or with your clients or whatever. Yeah, no, I love that you shared that. Um, I think it's the next frontier. I think um, that energy when I, the, the quote was, the universe is my sugar daddy. Yeah, yeah. And some people, another one floating around right now is sky daddy. Some people oh. Are, yeah, like my that. sky daddy. So the, and again, back to the religion, like it helps uh even transcend religious conditioning because a woman is told to view God as in as father, like father, the, our father art in heaven. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it goes to the core again, of the psyche. There's three things that can get to a core of any individual money, sex, and God. Oh. So for me, when I work with someone, I cut right through all the bullshit. I get, I find out immediately what they think of money. If they do a session, I'll say it's this much. Um, if you can't afford it or whatever, I could do this. You know, it's kind of um, whatever resonates with you, like, let me know. Immediately how someone responds with things is like, tells you things. Someone's like, yeah, it's fine. Someone might be like, no, it's too much. It's like, okay, let's look at that. Because this is the work right with money. And then obviously sex, we focus on that that's revealing and then ultimately third god how do you view yourself how do you view the universe what is your source your relationship to the source god and um i feel what you brought up is so beautiful because um a lot of people think you know porn or something like or i don't know where that whole thing came from like daddy or poppy or wherever that came from but somehow it's part of our collective consciousness now and i feel like it can be used in a conscious way like you described to represent that ancient tantric teaching of shiva and shakti or the the Taoist, the yin the yang or the divine masculine the divine feminine or penetration and surrender or um providers stable the witness and the dance of prakriti or the play dance of shakti so with clients um if they're into that they have a boyfriend or husband or just they're making love to the divine masculine a lot of women like that saying that uh some don't and if if for those who don't they could say shiva they could say even God, they could say divine masculine, they could say whatever they're, they're because that lover is inside of you, like even your daddy, so to speak, like you, you said, mm -hmm. you're really making love to 
to the daddy within inside you, to the divine daddy. And I think it's great. It's a way to bring in that, to allow the feminine to surrender. Um, I often don't necessarily use that term, but I will use the word God or Shiva. Like if there's a couple, I'll say, like, don't like address him as God, like say, fuck me, God, like come for me, God, give it to me, God, whatever, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. cause that's who he is. And if it's a woman say like, I love your yoni or your pussy goddess, like tastes so good. Your goddess nectar or whatever, because that's who she is. Like, and if you're addressed as that in that intimate sexual act, it's a way to embody it and embed it and evoke it and invoke it. And like, we should all address ourselves as gods and goddesses because that's, that's who we are. Um, what it's whatever word works for you. Just like everybody has like preferences for their coffee at Starbucks. Like do you want two cream, two sugars. Like, do you want to be called that? Um, do you want to call daddy or goddess? Like it's up to you like uh, but i think it's great it's it's um in tantra literally this stuff i'm not just making up as my own theory uh philosophy of tantra or my own kind of thing it's rooted in the ancient scriptures of tantra and tantra comes from kashmir and was it also comes from you know any human beings having sex and knowing that it's special but in India, which is where we get the word Tantra, comes from what's called Kashmir Shaivism. And there's literally a term for using words in a sacred way, like mantra or saying daddy, saying goddess. It's called Vikalpa. And it's like a sacred use of words to get to a place that's beyond words and language. So when you were using that word daddy, it opens you up to an even deeper domain, like unity with the universe. Like one, like it's like um, a portal. Like, and what I want to get across to is tantra sex. It's not, and I feel you're saying this too. Is it's not just about sex. It's what where sex can bring us. It's where sex, it's where orgasm takes us to. Like, sex is just a me, a medium to transcend. It's. It's like sex is the doorway. It's not, if, if it gets only caught in the sex, it's no longer Tantra. It's about using sex to go to fucking blast off to outer space. Like you, you use a spaceship to get you to Mars or to Uranus or Venus. It's not about the spaceship. It's about space, like looking and beholding that's why Tantra is often called cosmic sex. Yeah, that's like, beautiful. Yeah. I think... Should be... Sorry, go oh, ahead. Sorry. Sex should make... You should walk away after getting fucked feeling like the cosmos. You should feel cosmic after having sex. You're, you're, you should not feel like a... The ego, like limit, limited in any way. You should feel expansion yeah. yeah limitless like space like. yeah and i think if if you if there's 
anyone listening that you're feeling like that limit. And I think that that's what was happening with the whole daddy thing for me, just to bring it full sort full circle to this understanding is that like, I was feeling limited by it. it I was feeling really um, upset and I was feeling a lot of shame. And um, a- after these, you know, like it would feel really fulfilling in the moment. And then I would come back to this like shame or confusion. And I think that it really came from like, you know, I was standing at the gate of my initiation and I was putting the power to someone else. And like, instead of using it to like open up this trigger, go, you know, like look at what was coming up really and address it. And then I think that it took, you know, all of that healing where I couldn't quite like approach the, the daddy world again until you know, I was able to see that like, I needed to channel the energy back to my inner daddy to like myself into that, that divine, you know, masculine inside me and connect to that instead of giving it, you know, pushing it onto someone else is almost like a responsibility, like take my power and like honor it. And and I think that that can be a beautiful experience too, if you're, if you're in a conscious space with your partner. But I think that like, I needed that full circle to fully initiate back into it. And that's where I feel like when you can go back to that thing that once was really harmful for you and, and look at it holistically, then, then, you know, then you're expanding, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if that resonates, but. That does resonate. And what came to me is like using sex to come back to source, like, and your source of wealth is the source itself. So if you're, you're masturbating and you're feeling that wealth and you're connected to the divine as daddy, meaning the ultimate provider, because really the divine is the ultimate provider. Um, everything that we're doing, even right now, you and I are breathing, but the oxygen in our breath is, is being provided for us. Like we're not. And it's the divine that's doing that. Like, this is all the divine right now. You're the divine. I'm the divine. We're divining divinely. And therefore, sex is divine. Therefore, money is divine. And this is why I also want to say that, to me, Tantra is about abundance. And it's also about wealth and luxuriousness. And to me, when I use the word divine, I mean a a wealth, a richness, a royalty, an abundance. Like when I teach Tantra, that's often why I am sort of um, not teaching like semen retention, for example, with men or some people would say like, don't come, don't have an orgasm. I feel that a lot of that comes from Eastern cultural conditioning of the yogis being celibate and having to hold in their sperm as life force energy. And I view it as a form of holding on like miserliness in my, from where I'm coming from, like like holding on to money, like don't come. Well, what I teach is like, yeah, like orgasm, but do it in a rejuvenating way. You can orgasm and still have energy like there's a there's a belief that goes around in tantra online that i see that if if a man has orgasm or somebody has orgasm you're depleting your energy 
I don't believe that. I don't, I don't have the view that if you spend money, you're going to run out or like, you can't run out of who you are. Like you can, yeah. Like have as many, have as much orgasms as you can have as much money as you can mix them together in a ceremony have sex on all new fresh Benjamin Franklin's on your bed in gold sheets and manifest your best life and the best tasting delicious food for your date, the best wines, the most luxurious massage and oils. Like when I was saying earlier about money, sex and God, they're to me interconnected, but I, I view it as wealth consciousness. I'm all about abundance consciousness and Tantra. That's why I also use that word daddy because i feel it's okay for a woman a goddess to be open to this side of herself that allows the masculine to shower her with a provider energy of you know getting a nice dinner or buying her gifts and making it a sacred ceremony of seduction and it's okay for there to be these arrangements and like um only fans and everything like in a conscious way i feel like it's all it's okay to to come and have an income like that's why these words sound the same yeah income and come they rhyme they're almost the same word so why not use the moments when you're when you come to feel the how divine you are that you are the infinite source of god Mm -hmm. and to attract even more lusciousness and luxuriousness into your life i i'm all for abundance consciousness like i don't believe in holding on to anything whether it's an orgasm or your money like or yourself let go and let god i i love that not hold like you're you don't need to hold on to anything because it's an energy that should flow it's like it's like water. Like if you're trying to like grab water that's flowing, you're going to miss the sensation of the water mm-hmm. passing through. And it's the same thing with, with money or orgasms or, um, you know, any frequency of abundance. So I really, I really like that. And I think that, um, you know, investing in yourself is this, it's another way to expand, And, um, yeah. So what do you like, how, what's your approach when you have a client that says, you know, Oh, this is too much for me. It's, it's too expensive, whatever. What, how do, how do you kind of handle that? Well, I, that is why I, I offer discounts. So, um, like I'll say, you know, this is my usual price, but if you do need a discount, you know, these are, you can choose from these prices and then. So do you, sorry, do you say that like going out when someone's like, what's, what's your rate? Do you say like, this is my rate and these are the discounts or do you say this is my rate? And then if they complain about it, then you say, these are the discounts out of curiosity. Cause I'm, I'm curious about I, how you're approaching this. I say the first thing I say, this is, this is the usual rate and this is how much the course is. And, you know, if for some reason that's too much or whatever, here because some people genuinely it's maybe they um like i do not to give all my secrets away but i do it as i do it as a for me it's die it's like diagnostic because it's like 
if they're like, yes. no, I can't, I need this. It's like, what are they saying about what they believe about money and most of all themselves? Like, yeah, absolutely. It's so revealing. And, and for me to myself, I have to look at money and things like, you know, should I say, even say discount or thing, things like that? Like, um, yeah. I feel it's okay because I know why I'm doing it. But um, I say, even if they do need a discount, whatever I say, it's that's, and this is genuine, I say that's fine because my work focuses on financial energy and how to get them from where they are to not needing a discount. Oh, and beautiful. no matter what someone can afford, um, or in other words, what resonates with them or how, viol- how how they value themselves, I focus on money because it's a it's like I said, a core energy. It's so taboo um, in a way, like sex is taboo, God is taboo. And I teach people how to manifest more money by using their sexual energy, especially masturbation to evoke and invite more financial abundance in their lives like i'm taurus i'm the money sign of the zodiac oh interesting i'm all about money i'm i'm i i love money like um and i invite people to you know it might be a little bit different now with the germs and stuff on the dollar bills or how they feel about it but you know Go to the go to make a day a fun day of going to the bank, take out cash and make it part of your ceremony. Like people buy crystals, they do all the full moon stuff. Take out like 10k or whatever resonates again with you, the person, and spread it on your altar. Like like smudge with your your rack. Like if you have a goddess, like shower her, break that rack off. Like like allow money to to like be part of your life like don't fight with money like it's not bad we need it like yeah I couldn't have this conversation with you if I didn't have my phone like it's a tool yeah like and so like electricity it's an energy it's a tool yeah and to answer your question the way that I work with people is I, I look for and I invite them that if there are any blocks they have around money, to find them and to open them up through the sexual energy, the tantric energy. Because when you start awakening your tantric energy, immediately it loosens up all of the muscles in your body, which are the same areas of the tension around finances, like and certain areas of the body, like the sacral chakra, like when you talked about the guy, the instructor touching you in that area, lower back is often associated with money, things like that. Um, I will get people to masturbate on their money, like lay, lay money on their bed. I'm doing this tonight. Like I have money in the closet anyways. I was like, sweet. I know what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And put like for example someone has a crystal dildo lay it on the rack of money like a little stack of money that you have okay these are your choice i'm not telling oh i'm doing it i'm following this to a t yeah because you're supercharging your money it's like supercharging a crystal 
Okay. You're supercharging your crystal dildo with money, literally, financial energy. Yeah. And you're pairing you're pairing your financial energy, which is like you manifested that money. It's your life force energy. It's an expression of you. You're making love with your money and your sex together. Yeah. And God is rich, like, like how rich, how rich is God or how rich must God be to manifest this universe right now? Yeah. Like, like this, like God is not a miser. God is not like living in any sense of limit. Like God has no cap and that's where we need to get to, get to. That's, that's why. I teach Tantra, sex is not sex is a portal to get to this absolute godness or goddessness, if you like to use that word, or the absolute divine. We are unlimited, we have no limits, we are infinite genius, infinite divine sexiness, bliss. Like we need to manifest that in our in our life. Like it's okay to 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 the luscious life like that's what i teach like i'm all about that like Uh um so i teach people all kinds of ways um to do that related to finances and uh just kind of briefly saying it with you like i do teach that it's good to have physical money as part of your nightly ceremonies or things because it's something you can taste touch and see yeah and you get creative with it like um yeah yeah i'm gonna get after it i'm doing it tonight i'm so excited um okay cool so let's touch into like what what kind of projects or what kind of things are you doing right now in the space or or offering um just to kind of touch into yeah what what's going on with you in this space and like what can you offer to people that might be interested in getting a little bit more depth with you yeah, so what I do is I do um, what I call my 10-pack. So it's it's my journey into the depths of Tantra and everything, which is 10 sessions with me one-on-one. So just like you and I are talking right now, it's a session where for about an hour and 10 minutes, we're going into everything related to Tantra or whatever, brings someone to work with me and there is recommended reading depending on how familiar the person is with Tantra and that's my main focus is sort of working with people that want to go deep I also do you know basic sessions like if somebody just wants to kind of book a session with me and see what it's like I do that too but I really enjoy as I'm sure you do like working with someone over time because that allows for the depth because remember I'm, I'm, I'm like a psychologist as well. Like I just finished my master's in psychology and I'm doing my doctorate as well. I want to be a psychologist too. And my work is based in psychology as well. It's based in, you know, Jungian depth psychology, like analyzing your dreams, like, yeah a lot of a lot of people walk into a session with me thinking it's just like kind of like tantra or whatever but it's like full-blown like we're going deep like i'm a yeah. psychologist 
too, you know? Yeah. I'm a psychologist who talks about sex. Uh, like, not a sex therapist, but I'm a tantra. I'm tantrically awakened. So I, have, I know that you need to look at your sex life to, to, to evolve. Like, it's just... Um, I can't be left out of the therapy room anymore. Like, yeah, I totally agree. Psychology needs to come out of the closet and say, "Listen, like." Um, so, I do my ten pack. I do my sessions. Uh, in my sessions, I do guided meditation to help people calm down and get centered in themselves. I help them to manifest. Uh, focus on what you've mentioned before: sex magic. How to manifest their twin flame, their dream life, their dream job, their dream experience, their dream everything. Because what Tantra teaches is this is all a dream. So you can manifest your dream man, your dream this. It, this is all a dream to begin with. So that's why I was emphasizing money is okay. Like if this is all a dream, and I don't mean it's all an illusion. I mean, it's all creation. It's a creative dream. Why not have the most whitest dream possible, the most best dream, luxurious? Be the what I call the luxurious witness. You are the witness of the dream. There's a part of you witnessing your body, witnessing your mind, witnessing your emotions. Mm-hmm. It's the luxurious dreamer. Like Have the most luscious dream ever. Go out with a bang. Like... I'm all about that with my clients, helping them tune into that and how that relates to sex, sexuality, using their sexual energy to manifest things. Um, I, do, I do a lot of work, but in essence, it's working with me one-on-one, finding out you know, what, what you are, who you are, where you want to go, who you want to be, and I love it. It's like my passion. Beautiful. Yeah. Stunning. Such good work. Um, yeah. Cool. And where where can people find you if they want to, you know, follow you on social media or work with you? The best way is Instagram. So to DM me, I also have a link to my email. But the best way is to send me a private message saying they're interested and I'll respond and um and what's your instagram name my instagram is my exact name the same as my name jordan flesher okay so it's at jordan flesher yes everyone yes okay sweet and i I also want last thing to say i recommend every everyone like all my clients anyone exposed to me to also check you out and to approach you because I know you're a tantric, tantric master too, and it would be good for them to get the feminine side of things too. Absolutely. Good, good to get the masculine side, the masculine tantra teacher, but I want to plug you big right now. I like appreciate to- the shout out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 
That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, okay. I, yeah. I have one last question too. This is my like bonus question that I plan on asking all of my guests, although you're the very first one. So um, this question is just like, what turns you on? What makes you feel like erotically alive and, and um, awakens your, your arrows? So to me, because I'm a man, I feel like my ultimate mission is like my knowledge of God and like deepening in my own consciousness. So I get really turned on when I know that I'm evolving and then I can share that with a woman, like a woman who really loves my knowledge and who like I can share my knowledge with, like I can be a, I can be the ultimate provider in the sense that I'm, I'm providing consciousness and um, I love a woman who is open to me teaching them and is like in a surrendered place like mm. and sees me like as the divine masculine as God and my ideal sex is like yes the sex but then cuddling after and talking about God and the universe and going deep like this kind of luxuriating and a woman, not so much me just talking, but like feeling me and vice versa. Like I'm worshiping her and like there's something about as a man having a mission and like learning about God and then sharing it and being received, like providing it for a woman. Like um, I might not be able to put it into words, but it's like, I love a woman who I can provide for, like from my own mission, like and my own consciousness, and like penetrate her with with that and shower her with my own abundance. I love being daddy and like buying Gucci or whatever. Like, let's go all the way and I'm gonna like just like manhandle you with God and just <laughs> so playful love it yeah it's a whole thing like uh it's a whole evening it's not just the sex is laying together after and yeah like that's all erotic to me like deepening deepening into the night together love it yeah i'm a fan Okay, cool. Is there anything else you'd like to share or expand on? Um, just that I also, I feel like there's a lot of teachers of Tantra too. And I feel like two of the best ones to check out are Osho uh-huh. and Adi Da. They're my two like favorite. There's more, but great recommendations i've i've read a lot of osho and i really appreciate his wisdom and that's osho if you'd like to look it up osho and adi da is a d i d a so you can google those and do a little bit more reading if you if you feel called to it so thank you again jordan for joining me today and i also want to express My gratitude to the listeners. Thank you once more for opening yourself up to the idea of sacred sexuality. 
If this podcast resonates with you, I'd love to hear it in the reviews. It means the world to me to hear your perspective on this beautiful awakening. And if you'd like to take an even more proactive role in awakening the collective to sacred sexuality, I'd love it if you screenshotted this podcast and shared it on your social media. And if you do, please tag me so that I can thank you personally. With so much gratitude and love, have a sexy and spiritual day, and I'll see you next time on Talk Talk for Toomey. Ta-ta!